0: Welcome to season three of Lightwork Presents Everything is Connected, where we share inspiring stories with artists and art professionals on a wide range of topics about life and work. We share ideas on our inspirations and the influences that affect our lives. I sit down with artists and thought leaders across the diaspora to learn more about the things that make them tick, the ideas that they are passionate about, and the ways in which their work seeks to impact our society in a variety of ways. Join us as we continue the journey of sharing the interesting and inspiring stories of some of today's most dynamic artists and art professionals in the industry. Let's go! On this episode, I'm joined by Kalita Rawls. Kalita Rawls merges hyper-realistic paintings with poetic abstraction. Rawls opened her first major solo show in New York City at Lehman Maupin, where we hosted an artist talk this past weekend. In A Certain Oblivion, the title of her latest show, Rawls presents 10 paintings that reflect on the overturning of Roe v. Wade and what Kalita calls a dark time in our society. Where there is darkness, there is also light. In this vein, Rawls views the challenges we face as an opportunity to dream of a new and different future. Rawls received her BA from Spelman College in Atlanta, Georgia, and her MA from New York University in 2000. Let's dive into my latest episode with Kalita Rawls. Kalita Rawls, I'm so happy to have you join me on an episode of Lightwork Presents Everything is Connected. Really looking forward to chatting with you today.
1: Thank you so much for
0: having me. Absolutely. Definitely a pleasure. Let's jump in with the first question. So you have a new show at Lehman Maupin Gallery. It's your first major solo exhibition in New York City. And I wanted to talk a little bit about the title of the show, A Certain Oblivion. Can you talk to me a little bit about that title and how it came to life?
1: When I first was conceiving of the show, I had another idea. And then when the overturning of Roe v. Wade happened, I started rethinking what I wanted to paint and it became very centered in the idea of where I want us to be. And where I think I am is certain that I don't know what's happening and I feel like I'm in a dream state, this unknown space. And that's one thing I know for sure that I feel like we're in this time of flux, and um, I'm trying to find my way through.
0: So you have young children, two daughters. They make their way into the show in multiple paintings in such a beautiful way, the way that you depict them in water and their clothing and dresses and a lot of tranquility, but also thinking about maybe a sense of turbulence around the world and around what's going on as you talk about Roe v. Wade. So a few questions come up to me immediately there. Have you ever or have you always considered your work at all political?
1: I think my work has always been political. Yes. From the beginning, I definitely am reactionary to a political and social state that I find myself in. It's therapeutic for me to make sense of things. I use my art in that way. I actually... uh, Use used three of my daughters in this show. Yes. My oldest daughter helped me with the photography. We were working together. And then two were my models. Beautiful. It was a very family affair. And much of the work is darker. I shot at night. So it was dark waters. Thinking of this rebirth. And the idea that A lot of people think of darkness as a scary, unknown space, but maybe this space right now that we're in, this questionable moment in our country, in our culture, in this time, that unknown space could be positive because before there is light, there is darkness. And maybe I can take from that this idea of hope and beginning, a rebirth, and thinking of a rebirth and birthing in the concept of um, Roe v. Wade seemed to mesh in some way, like this constant movement and evolution of the self and then my hope for this next generation. And I use my daughters as an example of
0: that. So beautiful. I want to talk a little bit more deeply about this Roe v. Wade. It's such a big topic and it sets us back so many decades. And to be a woman like you, not with kids yet, but to be a woman and to have that shared experience with another person. I think about a conversation that I might have with my mom. I think about the ways in which at a certain point in my life I first started using birth control. I think about the conversations that I've had as a woman about autonomy and being able to make choices about my own body and feeling this gross lack of freedom and something that felt so inherently wrong to take away that choice from women, from girls. I want to ask you how, what were some of the things that you initially felt when you discovered and found out that Roe v. Wade had been overturned?
1: When it first happened, I felt a feeling, an emotion that I I don't know if there's a word for. It was a mixture of anger and disappointment. And really, on the most Street way I'd say I felt like I wanted to take my earrings off and say bet.
0: You wanted to take your earrings <laughs> off and square up. You was like, it's yeah. about to be a fight right now. Like, what? What? My oh my gosh! Okay. It was like, oh, okay, I got you. It felt like that.
1: What is that emotion? Right. It's like, can I
0: put that in one word to describe for you what exactly was going through my mind? No, but I can illustrate this, and you know what I mean when I say that. My hoops was about to come off. My yeah, hair was like about that. to be I tied up quick.
1: My- I was like, okay. That really, okay, what are we what going to do right now? What, what are we about to do? We're about to square off. What are we about to do? Okay, so where are my people? What are we doing? And then instead of, like, I can't rage on social media. I can't go out and street scream. Sometimes I did. I did go to some protests, of course. And I took my girls. But at the same time, the only thing I have right now is to paint. And so, therefore, it, I channeled that in the work i channeled that in the work and it started to become a visual mythology as you could say i wanted to restart okay we're gonna we're gonna step we're gonna start over and this is what i envision to happen there's gonna be darkness and my girls are gonna come out and they're gonna feel empowered in some one of the paintings i put topographical locations of the 13 trigger states in the water if you take away choices, you can't fully evolve and change. And I thought of that a lot. you taking away choices. People can't move and become who they may want to be. And I tried to put that out in that energy, that thought. I try to channel these energies, these feelings, these emotions in the work, for sure.
0: It's so beautiful to hear you share that. I'm thinking about so many different things. One of the things that strikes me immediately is that the palette here that you use, that darkness that you're speaking about, that sense of rebirth that you're speaking about. I'm curious to know, where does the whole idea of the rebirth sort of stem from? Is it almost like there has to be a better way, like I have to heal through the pain or this is what I want to put out in the world because it's what I want people to see. I'm curious to kind of get to the really, the underbelly of why out of a very difficult situation or out of responding to something that's difficult, did you immediately go to this potential rebirth? Because while I feel feel that that resonates with me, but I wonder why it came to you. Well,
1: I think... First, it was like, we're in a dark time. I mean, and what does that look like? It's reflected in the water. It's reflected in in my environment that I create, right? So there's darkness. But again, darkness can somewhat look, especially depicted in paint, it can look scary. But my figures, I never want to look afraid in their environment. Mm -hmm. There's always agency in accepting your state and doing something in it. And so I wanted my daughters, these young girls, looking powerful. I wanted them to be larger than life. I want them to look and feel like they can make a difference. I want them to believe that it's not over and it's not lost. The, The thought that someone can make choices that dictate what happens in their body is appalling to me. I hope that other young women can look at it and see themselves and feel empowered to do anything.
0: Your work is incredibly beautiful, visually stunning and ethereal. Can you talk a little bit about your process and how your work is created?
1: Yes. Yeah, so I start with a photography shoot with a certain oblivion. I knew I was going to do a night shoot. So I'll take about four or five hundred pictures. Sometimes at the end, I'll have a few really excellent photos. But often I do a thing more of a like a quilt making. A piece of this, this arm here, this leg here, and I'll figure out how I want it to look. Or a piece of this water there. And I paint it. From there, I'll put all these images on my screen. I use a, a large screen computer and then I'll like blend it together and create an image that I want to paint. I usually have a vision of where I want it to go and where I want to take it and I have the mood. But then I'll have images just inspire my thoughts that may take me to another place. And while I'm painting, sometimes the brushstroke can make take me someplace else and I let go a little bit.
0: Yeah, I I love that you said that because I'm thinking about a lot of artists. You listen to artists talks, you listen to people talk about what it is for them to be creative. Where does it come from? How does it come out of them? What are they inspired and impacted by? And you talk, you listen to people talk about the flow state and getting to the state where it's almost like what what the yogis would call like pure consciousness right, where you're not even thinking, it's the physicality of the work, and then you, you spoke about just now, like, kind of being able to get lost a bit, where the brush will take you somewhere, and then it becomes this unknown space where you can do anything, what does that, like, if you could describe that feeling, what's that feeling like for you, when you're standing there in front of the canvas in the moment, and just doing th- the thing?
1: I love, that's, yes, that's where I need to, and love to be, because I said, I use such small, can I mean, paintbrushes, that I paint for a lot of hours straight. And so that usually happens while I'm listening to audiobooks. Ooh. I put on an audiobook and then I can get lost in the story so much I'm not thinking about what I'm painting. Like I don't I could just go and I'm in the I'm I'm all in the book. I can sit I can oh it's a fourteen hour one. That's awesome. I got some time. I just and I could lose three, four hours, and I'm in a story. But I'm looking at images on my screen, and then my hand is going. And it's not. It's not like I'm thinking about what I'm painting. I'm. I'm listening.
0: I love a good audio book. I love that. Anything that you've been reading, or listening to lately that that's been inspiring you or that you've really enjoyed?
1: I just listened to what was it? The Heaven and Earth Grocery Store.
0: Haven't heard of that one
1: by uh, what's the guy's name what was it what is it james I james, uh, McBride. james mcbride yes i really enjoyed that
0: it's a story really of how I'm, I'm looking up the little title on amazon the title on amazon now it's a story of how kindness love and principle ruled the world a story that despite
1: oh I, would, I, would, I wouldn't describe it like that but okay
0: It says, a story that despite our differences, we are always one tribe.
1: Yeah, they're they're trying to get like the whole universal thing, but it is great. It was like, uh, (laughs) they're trying to get everybody there, but it was good. (laughs) But it was definitely like a black community mixed with a Jewish community. Interesting. In Pennsylvania around the, I'd say, 40s.
0: 50s? Based on historical data.
1: It might have had some historical context, but you could see the racial tension. Sure. And the relationships. It was really good. It, it took me away. And You were painting. I also, huh? Yeah, I was painting. <laughs> I, I, like, I, I like Trust by Hernan Diaz. That was good.
0: I love a good audiobook. The technology, it really... It can be, it's a double-edged sword, right? It can be great and do wonderful things for us, but it can also be slightly dangerous. But I'm glad to hear you've been enjoying some good audiobooks. But back to the work. There's this one piece in the Lehman Maupin show, A Certain Oblivion, around canvas. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Just, I mean, yes. let's just talk about that. I mean, the scale and the, the scale and the orientation of the work in this show feels like a bit of a graduation to another step. You're experimenting, you're doing new things. It's another ring on the ladder, so to speak. And so I think it's beautiful to just observe and see the way the practice is shifting and expanding and growing. Then I have even more questions, which is like, how did you get there? What made you, because some of it, somehow it felt very, it made me feel like I was looking at something from the Renaissance. It felt like it came yes. from a different time. That play of shadow with light mm-hmm. and dark. So, yeah. any Can you share more about that piece? It's so beautiful. And share the name as Ooh. well.
1: Uh, like Other Gods with Ancient Rage. It's... So, I feel like I'm on the money
0: about that really? piece. Feeling very like old-world, old old-school, old Renaissance mm-hmm. vibes. I'm picking it up.
1: Very much so. And there are 12 figures on there. And um, they're going around and moving... And that's what I was sharing before of the evolution of the body some of them you can see they're forming they're changing they're growing and um, I think we're all in this form of growth and I thought a lot of that in this the center this light there was a there was a lot of thoughts with that there was this light in the center that it looks magical almost like a like a cauldron or something <laughs> like too it's like you can And it was, it just thought of this spinning moment, like before. So when I first, the way I thought of it, I painted them in a certain order in my head, there's one piece called, what is, what is that title? The title is, I should have had all in front of me, I apologize. The painting is called, I give no hiding. And there's a figure in this very dark space. I don't know if people will be able to see it, but it also looks celestial, like this birth of life to me. And and I thought of that was the beginning, like where you're there, but you're not, you're there, but not there. And you're coming out. And I thought of that. And then this body spinning in this circle, that when I painted next, thinking of this, time and then she comes and flows through and, and then it's like she gives birth to herself in this new form with this strength and that's where it was and so would be so i saw those three paintings together mm. not a triptych they don't need to be sh- but I, I painted them as one like stars like this burst of energy this form and then she goes through her own evolution and she comes through i was channeling this idea of this female form having the strength to redefine herself and come out of this dark moment. Mm. Beautiful. And so with that circle, yes, like I am I was painted that enraged.
0: And when you finished painting, were you no longer enraged?
1: I'm still a little angry. But at the same time, maybe some of it channeled out, but I know I need the next generation to do the fight. We need the younger generation, we need their strength, their energy, their power to make a difference, like we always had.
0: But you know, we need to pour into them.
1: Yes, we need to pour into them. And I'm hoping this could channel a little bit of energy.
0: Beautiful. I love it. I love it. And I think of a nice final question to sort of round out the episode is, what do you want audiences to take away from this new body of work? Why do you feel that this is timely, relevant? How do you think it adds to not only the stories that we we tell amongst our own, right? Black families, mothers, daughters, aunts, aunties, like there's all women, there's girls all in this show. It's all of your daughters, like that's the imagery here. And I think there's something to be said for speaking life into young women, speaking dreams and hopes and a sense of pride and a sense of confidence into young women, especially when you think about the world that, that they are faced with today. Especially young girls of color. So, yeah, just would love to hear your thoughts of what you might like folks to take away from this new body of work.
1: I would. I, one, I hope they feel. One, I hope it connects with them. Two, I hope it stirs something in their belly to feel confident and strong in their ability to make a change, to be a change, maybe to not fear, dark moments, and take them as a moment of pause, take it as a moment of reflection, take it as a moment of, we need the hard times to to think and sit back and and give perspective. And to really take a moment to reevaluate what we really want. Because since you took it away, now I really want to think what I want, because that wasn't enough now. Hmm. You took that right away. I want more. And I, I want us to figure out what we really want. I want to go forward. I want to see what that looks like. We don't need to reset what we already had because guess what? It didn't work. We need something new. We need something new. So maybe this is a time to reset. It's a beautiful moment to come together, recharge, think about what we want. I think it's time for us to get together and think. And I hope that could come, like maybe people will think of that, like this restart and this, the biggest piece in the front room, When you walk into the gallery, again, there's three in the front that aren't dark. And that one is titled, We Knew It Was Coming. I knew it was coming. When they changed the Supreme Court justices, we knew it was coming. Okay. And so here we are. And what are we going to do about
0: it? What's interesting, I'm thinking about um, the fact that within beauty is a lot of depth and layer. And sometimes beauty is very complicated. And it's not always obvious what's happening under the surface. And I think your work at the very beginning is so beautiful that it catches your breath. You're enamored, you're arrested, you can't move, uh, literally. I think that being able to capture that is incredibly difficult. I don't think everybody can capture beauty in the way that you have in your work. I say all that to say that once you begin to peel back the layers and learn more about what it is that you are doing, what you're speaking about, what you're talking about, how you're grounding the work, what's important to you, then it becomes an entirely different thing. And it's not just something pretty to look at. The way the way we sort of put beautiful women up on a pedestal on a shelf. There's so much happening behind that that you don't know anything about. How that woman wakes up every morning. How she puts herself together. How she walks through the world. What is it that she confronts? And sometimes behind beauty is an incredible amount of pain. An incredible amount of struggle that people don't speak about.
1: For sure. And to, your, to the middle passage. Correct. There, to the Middle Passage, yes. That is our history. That is always undercurrent to the work, because that is the history of the Black body. And so when you paint the Black body in water, it is connected to our roots of how we became present in the United States, and to honor our ancestors in various forms, I think that's there and needs to be recognized. But at the same time, I struggled in talking about or thinking about this work verbally rather than my head. When I painted this work, well, I really hope that everyone can see their daughters in my daughter's which is a difficult thing sometimes for people to do since they are black. It becomes limited in the mindset mindset of the black experience when you paint black bodies. People have a difficult time not seeing a universal story. And I hope that I can push people to expand and see all children in the black form. Because if I was a white woman painting white girls, the show would easily be seen as what happens with girls and women. I'm going to face people saying, oh, you're doing, or I can imagine facing ideas of, oh, you're talking about Roe v. Wade through the black lens. And I'm not. Or I am, but I also am not. Do black artists... Am I always speaking of the Black experience of being Black when I paint the Black body? I don't think so, because that is limiting the view of a full human form with representation. And so though I, in the history of myself talking about my work and the middle passage of my experience, that's always there with the Black experience. But again, I just hope that a white woman can see this and a or white child can see my daughter and see themselves and see their children, and see something larger.
0: Absolutely. I think what you're speaking to is something universal, right? The universal quality of the experience of children, the experience of young girls. That has nothing to do with race. We live in a world where that's a construct, and we exist within that construct. But when you peel back the layer of that construct, young girls experience things that are the same across race, across class, across economic status. And so mm-hmm. it's important to get to that universal as opposed to what are the things that make us so different. It's more about right. what are the things that make us so similar.
1: Yeah. And I think it's challenging, especially in, in art because of racism, for it to be universal because they're Black sometimes. But I hope that that could be the focus and people can see that because I think maybe it's also helping pushing that idea forward that when we're talking about women's issues, it's not a white woman up there always talking. No. It, and, and, and my experience or a black woman's experience isn't limited or it doesn't, some my representation doesn't have to be talking about race.
0: Right. It transcends race. Yes, it does. Love that. Beautiful. Yeah. Well, this has been a really wonderful episode and so happy to just share space with you, talk to you, to share laughs and to also share serious moments because I think the work has, it has elements where you can get in and it's light and easy and it has elements that are super deep and you got to be able to kind of get in the ring with some of those ideas. So this has been fabulous. I also just want to mention that I know you have an upcoming solo. I, I believe it's your first major institutional show next year at the PAM, at the Perez in Miami. But that must be very, very exciting. So I'm so looking forward to seeing your work in that space. It's such a beautiful institution. It represents Miami and kind of puts Miami and Florida on the map. And Florida is such a crazy state. And I think to just yes. be able to see your work in that space will be so beautiful. This has been a great episode. And thank you again so much for joining me, Kalita Rawls, on an episode of Lightwork Presents Everything is Connected. Thank you so much for having me had a great time. That was my episode with Kalita. I want to give a big shout out and a big thank you to Kalita for joining me on the show. And it's a wrap, folks. That was our episode of Lightwork Presents Everything is Connected. Conversations on culture and current events with some of today's hottest creative contemporaries. These episodes are recorded wherever in the world that I find myself. May that be New York, L.A., Miami, the continent, the Caribbean, Europe. Whoever it is that I find myself, I sit down with folks who are thought leaders, critical thinkers, and interested parties within the arts and beyond. These episodes reflect the times that we're living in while also adding some commentary to the social, cultural, and political issues of our world. Depending on where I am in the world at the time of our recordings, you will hear the sights and the sounds of our local environment throughout the U.S., West Africa, and beyond. I'm your host, Fala Shadia Loganduru, and we'll see you next time. As always, stay motivated, stay inspired, and stay up. Peace and love, y'all. We out.